Underestimates the kick in the groin. That's fucking illegal. Bro, you're not even famous yet. I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. But we're on the rise of finance. Conceive, believe, achieve. Shut the fuck up. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's edition of the Jack and Mel Super Ad MMA Show. I am Jack. And I suppose that means I'm Mel. By default, that would make you Mel. How are you keeping, brother? I'm doing good. A wee bit sore from the old jujitsu last yeah, night. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, we were rolling pretty hard last night, and then it That's was... what she said. You, uh... Well, it was the neck-taking thing, wasn't it? That's it's, We basically were drilling this where someone was taking your back and then you were having to defend a new attacker until either you got out of the position or you got taken. And if you if you did manage to survive, then someone fresh came in. And whilst that's great for your technique, um, my neck is pure, wild, painful today. Mine's pretty bruised. It looks like I've been, I don't know, making out with Bigfoot or something. You and the missus thinking that... You yeah. and me were getting a were wee bit really too... Were you really jiu-jitsu? We're yeah. how, how, just how friendly are you? <laughs> yeah, I swear. It was just me and a couple of guys rolling around. And um, Well, th- I've got a couple of people to shout out first. First of all, holla to our boy, Mr. Jamie Morton, Inc. Floyd. He is the one who designed our logo for us. Uh, he's also a super-duper talented tattoo artist and a just all-round lovely dude. So if anyone needs any, uh, any tattoos done... He'd be your boy. And second of all, it would be remiss of us not to give a shout out to our, our coach at, at RMNU, um, Mike Summers, who's seeing us along our Brazilian jiu-jitsu learning. After, after all, like, who would we be to talk about MMA and not not take part in any of the the activities regarding it? It's very true. It is very true. I'm enjoying it very much. Um, and again, anyone in Northern Ireland, hit us up and we'll put you in touch. Um, we stayed up very late this weekend for Bellator 206. That we did. But we didn't necessarily get... Well, we did, but the public ne- didn't necessarily get Bellator 206 if they were watching on Channel 5. No, uh, due to the was it the 6am watershed. Yes. That they can't show the naughty stuff after 6am in the morning. Uh MMA viewers who had stayed up late lusting for blood and violence were instead treated to Peppa Pig. (laughs) (laughs) What a show. Like, you could not have got more contrasting than Peppa Pig. Um, Well, they missed out. We, of course, uh, were watching it in the more illegal... Internet-based stream. Um, So I didn't miss any of this and only found out the next day. But uh, boy, you missed out. Yeah, you really did. Well, I think they only missed the main event, so. Well, I missed the main event anyway, pretty much, because I was feeling yeah, hardcore. Feeded yeah, bad. but to be fair, I'd done a full day's work and, and was just, yeah. But I, I will not be making that mistake this week. Um, but we'll get to that later. Um, Bellator 206 was, was actually really, really good. Uh, we kind of predicted it would be, but uh, Bellator again, we just, I just have to highlight doing, doing the right things. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a great show, start to finish. And like I've said before, I prefer 
the production value in Bellator is the just ramp a, and the yeah, it's just something a bit different. It's got a bit more of a spectacle feel to it. So, well, the f- the first fight, well, the first fight that I, I really want to talk about is the Aaron Pico fight. Um, Boy, he's a monster. He really, really, it really is. I mean. Leandro Higo is an Legit. animal. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he, I think he contended for the title before in Bellator. So, yep. you know, the, this is a, a big name for Pico. And what I will say is, at what is he twenty one? If even could we be know. looking at one of the future greats? He's it's hard to say at this stage, but certainly on track to go that he's way. An animal. Um, yeah, I mean, if he can continues along this path, you could be looking at. Yeah, never mind. One of the best. Uh, He's 145, isn't he? He's, he's featherweight, yep. yeah. Not just one of the best featherweights ever, but possibly one of just the best fighters ever. Um, his boxing, like, I mean, obviously his wrestling is phenomenal, but his his striking is ferocious. Those body shots every time. I remember TJ Dillashaw saying something along the lines of like, oh, he'll just, he'll find a way to land that shot on you. You'll just find a way to do it. Yeah. Um, that was, yeah, it was a bit of a beatdown at the end. Maybe it could have been stopped a second. I, I saw people saying it could have been stopped a wee bit earlier. I was happy enough for that. I, thought the I ref, think that's about the right amount of leeway. Yeah, the ref seemed to be on the wrong side, but it didn't go outrageously long. No, like, no. Higo was hanging in there and firing back. Like, there might, there might have been a lot to his shots or much thought in it, but, you know, as uh, as a certain notorious referee says, you, you know, you go out like a warrior. If he lives, he lives. And if he dies, he dies. Absolutely. Um, the the next fight that I think caught my eye was, was of course, Douglas Lima, who defeated Koroshkov by submission. I thought he looked great. The crowd was not into this fight. Uh, first, no. uh, Koroshkov was doing lots of cage pressure, lots of stalling. But when it was out... But that's it, what you have to do against Lima. Well, that's it. When he was out in the open, Lima striking looked great. The, the, the leg low, kicks the in calf particular. Kick in yeah. particular, yeah. You know, Lima's shin must be made of steel because um, yeah. he's just. I mean, well, he did you've it. You've checked kicks. I've checked kicks. Yeah. Lots of people listen to check kicks. It sucks. Shin on shin sucks. Sucks. Um, but the fact that you were aiming for it and going to it over and over. You know, just, he's, he's just very, very dynamic. That fight actually makes me want to make a. Somewhat bold prediction. I believe that Douglas Lima will win the welterweight Grand Prix. I think he is only behind McDonald in the betting. I think he could beat McDonald in a rematch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he gave McDonald a hell of a fight, a lot the, of trouble the first time round. Um, if it, if I it thought he looked great here, and the finish was great, he just looked like a super complete fighter in his prime. Yep. Yeah, you would have to say, other than McDonald, him and McDonald will be the t- the names you'd want to avoid yeah. if you're in that. Tournament. Yeah, you would have thought so. Having said that, you know we have the the somewhat unknown in MVP because whilst everyone's and every man and his dog seems to be saying that MVP is going to crumple under any competition, and and I I see the argument for that, and I I believe that he probably will. Like I think daily, if he can get past daily, he'd probably get stopped with uh, as we say by either McDonald or. You well, know, I think the, Lima, the winner of MVP daily gets Lima in yeah, the semifinals. Yeah, no, I mean, he, even if he were to make it past, um, but then we like this is the thing we just don't know. So then, well, I don't know. Like, 
We just don't saying, know. I don't know. MVP is the great unknown in this. Like he could yeah, he come could out win the whole thing, or he could do nothing. He could come out and blitz Lima and Daly and whoever else in the way. So I don't know. Like, well, we're gonna find out how. We're gonna well, find that's, out. Well, how that's what's is. nice about this tournament is there is no more games. There is no more guessing work. Like we are gonna find out one way or another what MVP is made of. Absolutely. Um, the next fight I think has surprised both of us, and that is the. Rampage and Wanderlei fight, uh, surprisingly competitive? Um, For the first yeah. round? Yes and no. I will say that I was surprised that Wanderlei... Didn't die? Yeah, that he, he, he held in there a bit longer than I expected and was, was a bit more durable than I was expecting. I think Rampage just boxed him up, though. He did. Like, he did. His head movement, Rampage's head movement was on point. Well, it just it turned into a boxing match, and Rampage's technique has and always will be far superior to Vanderlei's. In um, pure boxing, anyway. Yeah. Um, it's but, you yeah, know, it, it, it surprised me. Like, Vanderlei certainly clipped Rampage a couple of times. Absolutely. Um, he wobbled him, and he, like, uh, Rampage said as much. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm not sure I'm as keen to see a fifth and deciding fight Ooh, between them. Well, I know that Vanderlei, apparently right after the fight, said to Rampage, like, Right, let's do it again. You know, we've got to settle this. And I see merit to that. However, here's my caveat. It needs to be their retirement fights. Mm, well, I said to you when they were walking into the cage that like, it was nearly sad seeing Vanderlei Just broken. like Well, not just broken, just out of shape, bit of a belly. Like, that's... Wanderlei Silva, you know, that is like one, as, of, the, one as, of the early goats. As much of a legend as you can be uh, in MMA, and he was just physically a shell of himself. The he, snacks murderer. Oh, I like it. Uh, it. I can't take credit for it. I saw it on Twitter somewhere. I just thought it was funny. Oh, okay. The um, SNAX murderer. Yeah. I love it. Um, but I would, I still think there's something with, I think Rampage has got something left like, in the tank. Yeah, just something a, a, left the offer um i saw that he said he wants to be an alternate back, back yeah back in the heavyweight tournament uh, i don't think he's going to get back in but i think if he stays active outside it maybe puts a win or two together he could be in with a shot at the winner so possibly yeah i mean uh i know big country called him out that's not really a fight i want to see to be honest um i'd be interested if it happens but uh, i think big country's fighting sergey karatonov that's um, a fight yeah, he's probably got his hands full there. So I'd, I'd say that uh, that's going to be a short night for for Nelson. I can't I can't see a path to victory there. Well, well I mean, I say well, that, but he's he always, has always those heavy hands. He's always got that big overhand right, um, and he's great on the ground. I think that he's solid. Yeah, that is a competitive. He's fight. a black belt, isn't he? Who? Uh, big country. Oh yeah, yeah. Like uh, big country's great in the ground. Yeah, yeah. No, I know he's, he's like a, just doesn't. You don't see it very often because he's you know in love. He's with, in love with his hands. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I would watch it again. Uh, I can see the merit in having it, can see the merit in not having it. So I, I don't am... really want to see Wanderlei fight again. I can't imagine. He's not going to quit now. No, no, he's not. But like, I think Rampage, if they fought again in three months, six months, 12 months, is going to beat him worse. Oh, I agree with that. And that's another 40-plus-year-old man. So I just think that... Silva needs that though. I think that the, the, the rampage thing is kind of personal. You know, there's something about that where he's like, I think that if Wanderlei's going to fight, I'd like to see him clear off to Japan and or fight for somewhere like Brave. Yeah, where they could use a, a big name and they just let him take 
all the testosterone. Let him take all the testosterone, feed him kangaroo meat, and feed him cans. Yeah. Not necessarily cans, but like lower levels of competition. You know, you want to see him fighting someone like James McSweeney. I don't want to see him fighting anybody, particularly, and I think that would be, I, I like it's got to be a freak show fight with another legend name. I don't want to see Vonderlei get his face smashed in by a journeyman or a up and comer because yeah. those are both sad options. I can I can handle him losing to Rampage Jackson because they're in the same sort of bracket. Well, the main event I think is one of the more shocking displays in mixed martial arts. Um, not very many people predicted it going the way it did. Many people predicted. The outcome, which of, of course was our boy, the Moose, um, Gegard fighting another one of our podcast favorites, Rory McDonald. Um, Gegard over it just overwhelmed in the second round, got a dominant position on the ground and TKO'd, and smashed yeah, him. Yeah. Smashed him. Um, here's one question just before we go into what we thought about the fight. Do you think Rory McDonald's nose is just going to be one of these things that constantly? is going to give him problems because I, I've seen people saying and and it looked that way to me that you know that he just can't sustain taking jabs anymore off the back of to those who don't know the severe surgery yeah. inducing uh, fight he had with Robbie Lawler which again I think any of you haven't seen it what have you been doing but you watch it immediately I think he's just he's now been in a, a bunch of fights where he has sustained a lot of damage. Well, his internal it, nose is fucked. Oh, yeah, yeah, but because he's he started as a, as a younger man, I think I had the same conversation with you before about, for those who listen, or for those who watch football, or so, soccer, if you're on the other side of the water, we're talking about, uh, we've spoken before about Wayne Rooney, who now plays for DC United in America, who sort of, he broke into the, the professional game, the top level of the professional game at 16, so younger than most, but seemed to burn out around 30. So uh, burnt out younger than most. So he managed mm-hmm. to, you know, it's not that like... It's like, he, it's it's like it's a car. He, yeah, limited it's not that he's had less of a career. He's just done it in a different window. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's like you have a 15-year window so or whatever. Put, yeah. He has far more miles in the body than the average 30-year-old player in the Premier League. And Rory McDonald has far more miles than, I think Rory is also 30 or 29. Yep. But he certainly has more miles on the clock than, than other 29-year-old fighters. Um, and it's not helped by that he keeps, you know, he was, I mean, Rory McDonald was talking about wanting to get into the heavyweight tournament. Like, I admire the balls on the guy. Yeah. But he might want us to take a step back from taking on these sort of like challenges, fighting guys in the bigger weight divisions when he has sustained the amount of damage he has. One of the best welterweights in the world could argue that he is the best welterweight in the world. Yeah. Just bit off more than he could chew this time around. Well, Gegard is an animal. Him. He completely outclassed him. And, and Gegard is... Well, I mean, we have a poll on this on our Facebook page um, about is he is he the best... Um, well, the poll is close. It's currently 60-40 that he is the best middleweight in the world. Him versus Whitaker is a very interesting fight. And I could see him beating Robert Whitaker. But could you see him beating Yul Romero? Hmm. Yes. 
Really? I can see a path to victory, but that doesn't like it doesn't mean that. So he is he's traditionally struggled with guys who will take him down. This is what I was going to say: is that I can see a path to victory, but that's not to say that I think he would beat him. If that makes yeah. sense, like as in I can see I can see how Gegard would win, but that doesn't mean that I think he would. So I, I think would, I would favor him to beat Whitaker before I'd favor him to beat Romero. Like there's there's MMA miles in Look, play. You you're you're right. There is, but the, see with Yul Romero. I, I, like, I mean, you, we talked about this, I think, on the last podcast. Um, I have a thing about people not cutting weight or cutting less weight. I think that your Romero not cutting weight could possibly beat anyone on the roster, nearly. Nearly. Oh, yeah, no, I, 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 With the exception of possibly DC, um, John Jones, um, and maybe a couple of the heavyweights. That's that's it. Like he is that good. Oh yeah, but that's so. what I mean. But like, it, like I suppose the guy considered the, the the best middleweight in the world would be the UFC champion, who is currently Robert Whittaker, who holds two wins over Romero. To be fair, though, and would would um, I think we would both give Musasi a very good chance of beating Whittaker. Well, yes, but, but I that, think but that we're what, sleeping but, on Whittaker's wrestling. Oh, no, absolutely. But no, I'm not saying, you know, it'd be a foregone conclusion at all. I'm just saying it would be a competitive fight. I mm-hmm. could see Musasi beating Whittaker. I would I could, favor Musasi But I could see Whittaker beating Musasi as well. But yes, I would slightly favor. If, 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 if I were being forced to make a call, I would probably slightly favor Musasi over Whittaker. Well, then... So, it's hard to define the top middleweight at then because they're not going to fight anytime soon. No, but you would you would certainly say Musasi is a top three middleweight. Yeah, him Romero Whitaker, or would you throw Rockhold in there? I wouldn't throw Rockhold in there, and I wouldn't throw Rockhold in there just because. Well, I would if he beats Weidman. He's in and around there, but it's just for for the sake of this, we can't. You know, I I think I would put Musasi ahead of Rockhold currently. Yeah. However, if Rockhold wins against Weidman, then you maybe, you know, maybe not, but So what do you want to see next for Musasi? Well, it's an interesting one because the he middleweight couldn't... division's not as well, it is still fairly stacked in Bellator. There's not still... as much. No. But he I mean he after the fight called out uh, the winner of Machida Carvalho. And he's already smashed Carvalho. Uh, they and he did get knocked out by Machida. I think it was a decision, but it was back in the day. Did he knock? I thought he got his face kicked off. I think so. Um, he certainly lost to Machida before, yeah. so he's wanting revenge. Um, I think at this point in their career, um, Gegard slaps the lips off Machida. That's one way of putting it. Having said that, Machida could be on that moose juice. Even still, I just don't. I just don't think Machida has it in him anymore. Father Time is the cruel enemy of us all, and he is on the wrong side of forty. Hasn't looked fantastic in a while. You know, just look at you know, like he beat Vitor Belfort, who we will get to. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I mean, sorry, he beat the ghost of Belfort past. Um. 
squeaked, <coughs> squeaked by Eric Anders and then maybe a wee bit of home cooking. And before that was on a horrendous run with Brunson, Romero, Rockhold, where all of those finishes well, were nasty. Machida basically responded to Masasi saying, you better be strong or I'll run you over. So we know that Machida's interested. That is probably the fight I'd like to see for story's sake. For Bellator, it's probably the, be- the best fight to make because that is two very marketable, well-known names. It's also two ex-UFC guys. Which yeah. is in itself is a statement. You know, yeah. if you're putting... No, the two, two massive names, well-known to casual and hardcore fans, both the big followings. Um, and if Bellator wanted to market uh, Musashi better, that's the one thing you can say. I said they were both well-known to the casual fans. I don't think they are. I think Machida is more well-known to the casual fans. The Musashi. But yeah, I think if fair. Bellator are smart and market Musashi versus Machida and use the, the Machida name... Um, and Masasi runs him over, which I would fully expect him to. Then you're you're continuing to build the so you know Bellator have gone all in on Masasi. Well, know, they, they kind of have they, to. They've given him that title fight, which he won. Then they give him the super fight, um, and then if they give him Machida next, that's a name, and they just keep going. Yeah. Like they know what they've got with him. Well, we both I think were very very surprised by by Bellator two six. I certainly have much much more, and I was already interested, but I'm much more sold on on Bellator as a whole now. Um, especially when things are getting murky with the UFC and fighter. Yeah. There's a lot of infighting in the UFC between fighters and between you know fighters and management, fighters and management in the UFC and the UFC and fighters. You know, it's it's just all getting a bit messy. But with that in mind, we do have a little bit of news to talk about. So, uh, Chael Sonnen, our boy, or my boy, um, hmm. the OG, uh, he said that he's hearing rumblings of Nick Diaz fighting Kobe Covington. First of all, good luck, Nick. Mm. You've been, he's been out a, a while. That is a wood chipper. You're, now, not, the, in, not striking-wise in the way that they talk about walking into a wood chipper, but... Holy moly, like that that guy's got he's the only person I can Covington is the only guy you ask me best gas tank in the UFC ever. And short of it would I'd have said Nick Diaz until I watched more of Covington. Well, neither of those guys are gonna get tired if it happens. Um ooh, absolutely terrible fight for Nick to come back to because he does not like wrestlers just doesn't want to engage in that but nick's nick's an unknown commodity at this point because he's been out for so long the guy hasn't won a fight since what bj Penn, 2014 15 something like that maybe before that to be honest oh that's rough i mean that's a, no he's, he's been out a long long time yeah well um, the question so is I, you know and every time i see nick diaz it's well, there was the rather unsavory stuff which he has been cleared of since with the domestic abuse case. That's been put to bed, so, you know, but that is, you know, that's still something which he's been going through. And every other thing I see is him on Snapchat, like a 16-year-old drunk girl in Vegas at some pool party. Nicola Diaz. Nicola Diaz. And I hope he's, well, I'm pretty safe to say that he's not listening, but... <clears throat> well, even if he is, hello, Nicola, like... What are you gonna like? What are you gonna do? He'll find you. Find me? Yeah. Okay. Grand. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the thing is like people like him. I think they, it's hilarious because I feel like he is the kind of guy that would hold on to someone saying something like that about him. You know, if you know, jokingly called him Nicola Diaz, he seems like the kind of guy that actually would like 
you know, it wouldn't surprise me that if we ever met him now, he'd be like, you're the guy that called me Nicola. And, you know, like 10 years later, <laughs> you know, like he seems the sort of guy that would hold on to a grudge like yeah. that. Um, but uh, I just just think it's a horrendous, horrendous fight to come back to. I mean, he's a 35 year old man now, you know, like. But it's not that. Hasn't fought in must be coming up to four years. And even then, yeah, like I said, last fight he won was BJ Penn in October 2011. Hasn't won a fight in seven years. Yeah, and and lost twi- like two on the bounce after that, and then technically lost three on the bounce if you count the Silva one, which was just overturned because of the yeah. he popped, didn't he? They both popped, although next was for weed, for weed which, yeah, which yeah. doesn't count. Um, but well, I'm saying that like doesn't count to me. I like I just I've never got that. Like, no, it doesn't count to me either. It's, but what, it's so what, stupid. What is the argument that, that that they're putting forward about it enhancing your performance? That's what I'm curious to hear. Like I'm curious to hear right. What is it that you think it makes makes it you know, makes you perform better? Like I get it with other stuff and even other drugs. Like cocaine's a stimulant, you know. So I understand, yeah. you know, why with the likes of that drug it could have an impact. But I just. Well, I don't know. I don't think there is. Must an be difficult to go through a weight cut smoking weed, though. <laughs> like you'd yeah. be wanting to, I'm sure you'd be wanting to eat that popcorn and chocolate. Well, all I've said about, about weed before is, I think you're fine as long as you're literally not going into the cage high. As which, long as you're not impaired. Which again, I, like although I understand that there's a rule on it, but again, I don't really see. Like I wouldn't care. Like I wouldn't care if my opponent was stoned. Like what benefit? Oh, no, I, I, yeah, I just same as that. Like I just like to be in any way mentally impaired, whether that good or bad. Fair. Well, that's it's fair. That, but that is literally my only qualm with it. Um, but it, yeah, no. So I just think if one, I doubt that fight happens. It seems very out there. Two, terrible fight for Nick Diaz. Um, I just I, I don't know. Like the UFC seemed to be scrambling. He was for for that UFC New York two thirty main event. Yeah. Seen all sorts of rumors, um, but Nick Diaz to me is not the solution. Hasn't fought in four years since the Anderson Silva fight. Well, but speaking of Anderson yes, Silva, that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, the the man himself, the Spider, now that he has been cleared of of wrongdoing in his latest USADA issue, latest, um, says he wants to return early twenty nineteen. No thanks. Really? No. Why no. not? I'm just not sure. Short of taking a fight that I can't see him winning. I, do you know what it is? It's because I, I was such a Silva fan that I just worry that he stays too long. And, you know, his career's been rounded and well-rounded. He's had a couple of iffy performances as of late. Um, I just think that there's only killers. It depends. It depends on who's fighting. That's really, to me, as a fan of his, Connor. Apparently, how is Connor going to make one eighty five? And he can't even know, make one seventy. I, I only saw this on Twitter literally before we started recording. That apparently Connor said something about wanting to fight him. But well, Connor says that about a lot of people. He does. The, yeah. the question is, okay, so who you want to watch him fight? Uriah Hall? No thanks. Yes, uh, please. Really? Yeah, I'd watch Anderson Silva, Uriah Hall. I'm just not Uriah Hall is like I hadn't even thought of it until now but Uriah Hall is the type of guy I want to see him fight against a guy who's not going to try and hump him who is just going to 
allow Anderson to, to, to play to his strengths, essentially? Well, yeah, no, I mean, you're right. There's zero point throwing him in with the, the wolves of, of middleweight. Like Romero would kill him. Rockhold would kill him. There's only two. Weidman would has already got two wins. There's two over. names that stand out here. Um, I know who you're going to say. Brad, um, not Brad Tavares, Paulo Costa and Israel Adesanya. Those are two names. Ooh, Paulo Costa? Yeah, because to me, that that and if you're Paulo Costa, that's a brilliant fight to take because Big you lose. Name. It's uh, it's Anderson Silva, one of the greatest of all time. Because I think that I think that Paulo Costa is not far away from getting found out. Yeah, he's super talented and and very very tough. Mm, hadn't thought about that. Yeah, you can imagine the way, especially the way he fought. Uh, yeah, you do that. Uh, you, do that right, Silva. Yeah, you do that on Silva. Good he, luck. He will put you out. And that's that's my point with him. I think he's he's literally a fight. like Yul Romero. He's going to destroy Paulo Costa. Paulo Costa is very good at everything, but not excellent at anything. Like he's not elite at his striking, even no. although he has a nice one too. He'll give him that, but. You know, I just can't help but think that there is nothing good to come from this for Silva's going out party. I think that you, he takes the Adesanya fight and retires if he wins. Or it's hard to see him beating Adesanya. At that's this point. but this is my point: is that whilst that fight interests me, I'm not interested in seeing another legend come back and get smashed. And well, that's that's, that's, that's my I, problem. Well, I hadn't I hadn't thought about Paulo Costa before, but Costa or Hall are my my picks i think he could i could easily see anderson beating either of those guys yeah yeah i can i'm not looking horrendous saying that paulo costa could come out and swing one of those uh juicy hammers and uh put him out well that's entirely true but the thing is that for me skill wise you would imagine anderson would have anderson's probably forgot more about striking than paulo costa's ever learned True, and that's the, yeah, but that that's kind of what I'm saying is that it's a really good benchmark for Costa because if it's, he wins, it's winnable. Great, if he wins, great name, and if he doesn't, well, it's Anderson Silva. But what does it? Does Anderson want to cut the middleweight again, or do we see him hang around light heavyweight? Because how about Hua Silva? I think they're buds. I think they're one of like that, okay. that like sort of Brazilian fraternity who won't fight Anthony each other. Smith or Glover. Oh, I'd, I'd totally watch Glover Silva. Yeah, I'd watch that fight. That's also a good fight. Um, you know, if that... I want, If he does it, I want to see him take on someone with enough name that he can retire off the back of it. But look, it's not he up to me whether pl- he retires he might, or might not. might be planning on retiring anytime soon. Okay. Well, yeah, but that, that, that would up, not upset me, but I just, you know, sometimes it's like they say, fighters need protected from themselves. And I don't know. That's... Excuse me. Um, that's that's kind of how I feel about about Silva. He needs to, if he's going to do it, he needs to take a winnable fight, um, but not too winnable, um, and vice versa. The person he's fighting, there has to be, you know, like Israel Adesanya beating Silva is a great story for Israel Adesanya. Same for Paulo Costa. It's not that great if Kelvin or Weidman or Rockwell. Oh, but or I, I think there's, or, there's no danger of him getting those fights. But here's the problem. There's a danger of it if he does go on it. So say he well, fights. That's, but, that, but that's, you, that, you have to be accepting of the process. So if he beats Paulo Costa, well, then, yeah, he can fight the guy above him. And then yeah. if he loses, that's as, that's as high as he goes. you want to see David Branch, Anderson Silva? I think Branch would ragdoll him. No. I don't think so. You think Silva would be all right? Yeah. I think we're maybe writing him off a bit bit too quick maybe he, he did beat Derek Bunsen's last fight 
albeit very, very close. close. Could have very went, close. Could have went either way, but Derek Brunson's sixth in the world. You know, yeah. so theoretically, if you're going off that, you, you Anderson, although he's not in the rankings at the minute, but he's 43, though. Uh, true, but because he's been out, taking uh, well. out of the, the rankings, like you would think he'd fall into that six, seven, eight position. I mean, currently, I and, but it's up, it's up to whoever's there to get to get rid he of him. He just hasn't had the apart from Derek Bronson, he hasn't had a win since 2012. You know, it's it's hard, oh, no, it's 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 a it's hard, hard sell. To, to, yeah, not that, and that's what I'm saying. And and you know, okay, fair enough, Weidman twice, but he's, he's one of those funny characters like BJ Penn, like Fedor, you just never know, but like. You're in the conversation of greatest ever. You're still Anderson Silva. You know, like it's, it carries weight. You know, true. He, he did, but like, yes, he popped, but he beat Nick Diaz. You know, so the fight with Michael Bisping could very easily have been scored for him, and he fought Cormier on less than twenty four hours notice. Yeah, and nearly put him away with a body kick. So, like, that's true. I don't know about writing them off. And before that was then, of course, the the Weidman ones and the leg injury, which was brutal, and the first one, which he just fucked about and got caught. UFC uh, 230 has a new, as we already suspected, or sorry, 231, yep. um, as a new main event. Long rumoured, but now confirmed. And who would that be, Mel? That would be the champ. Max Blessed Holloway versus Brian T. City Ortega in what could be, what is an example of everything right about matchmaking. Absolutely. The two best in the division, in their primes, fighting for the belt. Yep. Cannot argue with it. No. I echo your sentiments completely. I have my reservations about whether Holloway makes 145 or not. Um, when is the last time he fought? Uh, it must be. Because I know be, there was, it's Aldo. Yeah, because Aldo too. there was all that nonsense with Habib and then... The right, the Habib one, you got to give him the benefit of the doubt on because of the short notice. So by the time he fights Ortega, he will not have fought in a year. And he, do you know what the thing is, though? What age is he? Holloway? Mm-hmm. 26, 27. 26, right. Yeah. At what age do you start to... Not start, but... I think you know, this is his last fight of Philippe. You see, this is exactly what he's going to say. Is he's just he's so big now. And, yeah. and funny enough, just before this podcast, we were, you know, doing our bits and pieces of research and whatever. And one of the videos I happened to be watching, just perchance, was uh, Max Holloway against Conor McGregor. Um, and it was me. I was watching uh, some of Conor's grappling exchanges, and the one thing that I noticed about that clip was, oof, how small is Holloway there compared to now? Mm. Oh, he's a kid. You know, yeah, exactly. Was he was it a kid. nineteen or something. Yeah, yeah. eighteen, nineteen, and you know. That's one thing that concerns me with this because Ortega, I don't think, would take the fight. What do you mean? If Max doesn't make, make weight, I don't think Ortega takes the fight. Mm. Especially after the last balls up with this. I think there will have been conversations behind closed doors with Max Holloway about whether that is doable or not. Yeah, and what's he going to say? No, it's not doable. No, no, no. I, th- I, think, I think they'll have, there probably will have been offers of, look, if you're not going to do it, We'll take care of you at 55. You know, you're not going to miss out. You're going to be right in the mix. I think I think he'll make one 145. I think he'll do it. I think the fight will go ahead. Um, I think he gets caught. I think he gets caught in a triangle. Or mm, guillotine, sorry. Um, 
his striking is it's far far better than Ortega's. Like night and day better than Ortega's. I think it's just, I think the for me, I don't think he'll get caught. I think Holloway's distance management and ability to stay on the outside will will dictate. Well, that. I I said to you off air like Ortega gets hit. He does. He gets hit a lot, and and he may not be able to sustain that. Um, he may not be able to sustain that damage from. Uh, from Holloway, so yeah, I mean, I this is well. Do you know what? This is actually this this fight to me is actually a pick 'em. Like I can oh, see, uh, I can absolutely. see merit for both. So we have a on our Facebook, um, which you should go and find, of and course, like because on you would search Super Rad MMA or go to facebook.com forward slash Super Rad MMA. Yeah, uh, we currently have a poll up to see what you guys think who would win, and Brian T City. Is currently in the lead with fifty four percent. So you're right. You say it's, yeah, it's a bit of a pick'em. You know, people are are going both ways on this. Split on it. They are. Well, there is a little bit more news to go through. Um, John Jones versus Alexander Gustafson two looks like it is going to happen. Um, we don't need to cover this too much because we actually gave our thoughts on this during the week. Um, and you can find it on YouTube uh, by searching Pulika Media. Um, and uh. We will have again. We have that link on our Facebook page. Uh, we talked a lot about this. I do believe that Gus could potentially beat John Jones, and I'm favouring Gus. Um, you, on the other hand, are favouring Jones. But again, this is another one. Let us know what you think. Uh, anything that you want to add about that fight? No, just the other than we saw in the news, or in that the negotiations were stalled out a wee bit because Jones is looking pay per view points. But other than that, like. That just sounds like a minor contractual speed bump on the way, you know, if they're getting this done. See, DC has come out and said that, you know, he's he's fairly certain he's going to get stripped of his light heavyweight title. So I'm sure the legitimate championship will be up for grabs. Yeah, you'd have to imagine so. Um, I, I, I can't blame the UFC if, if DC's not coming back down. you got to strip him. If Jones wins, does that make him a three-time light heavyweight champion? does, doesn't it? Unfortunately. It would make him a three-time three light heavyweight champion and a one-time interim. <clears throat> it's a four-time champ. That's pretty good going. Uh, has anybody won a title? Randy Couture has. He's won three times in one division. A, I a light heavyweight? I think so. Or was it heavyweight? It might have been a heavyweight. I'm trying to think if anybody has has won the title in the in one division three times or more. I think three uh, times is the max, and Randy Couture is the only name which is really jumping out at me. Yeah, the natural. Um, no, I think he would be. Yeah, he would be. Just gonna look him up. GSP there. maybe, because he's, he, been, he's but you know, but he was out with injuries for for. He, he definitely he lost it and regained it, but just uh, once. Well, so he's a two time champion, I think. But it doesn't count for anything. No, no, I'm just. It's no, the, no, no. But it does, just it doesn't. It literally means nothing. Like if a fighter Randy has been Couture, out, yeah, Randy Couture has been a three-time heavyweight champion and a two-time light heavyweight champion. That's amazing, isn't it? And interim UFC light heavyweight champion. I love and, Randy Couture. Uh, UFC heavyweight tournament winner. Yeah, it's funny how the UFC, you know, due to a little falling out, have scrubbed him from the record books. Well, yeah, I mean that, that's a guy who deserves far more recognition and should be at the forefront of UFC history but uh, due to a little tiffle with uh, a certain Mr. White mm. um, just it's, a, it's as if 
his accomplishments never happened? He never existed? Uh, yeah. They have literally removed him from nearly everything. Yeah. Um, I, and like guys, know, I, I mean, what other five, five time, like Booker T would say, <laughs> um, champion, uh, you know, would just get scrubbed from history like that or None. not mentioned? It'd be interesting to know what it was actually about. Uh, I can't remember. I know initially it was about he left and signed with Affliction because he wanted the Fado fight, but then he came back after that. Yeah. Was there something he signed for Bellator to do something or other, didn't he? I can't remember. I remember there being a big thing about the EA deal that he did. Yes. Where he was trying to sell his likeness for the MMA game and then the UFC said no and he did it anyway or, or something well, along was, those I lines. I nearly certain he fought after that happened anyway. But I don't know. Well, it is time for our favourite section of the podcast, Mel. It is time to introduce you to this week's Saints and Sinners. For those of you who are new, welcome. Uh, the MMA gods obviously look down upon the MMA world each week and uh, have bestowed upon us the power to decide whose behaviour has been saint-worthy uh, and they will get themselves a sainthood from the Jack Mel Superad MMA show. But to those who are not, they are sinners and they will forever be cast into the MMA pits of fire. Dramatic. Dramatic. But anyway, we have this ability, so we're going to do it. Um... I'm going to put forward 50 Cent to be a saint. And the reason why is I think the MMA gods are appeased by his offer to rampage uh, of a bottle of champagne to finally settle their beef. And the MMA gods were very much appeased uh, by his cash offering, cash offering uh, a, do a charitable donation to the funding of fighters. Yes, he did lay one million of his hard-earned dollars at the altar of the Welterweight Grand Prix. Um, can't really argue with that. A man putting his own money into supporting the fighters. Um, yes, worthy of sainthood in my eyes. My goodness. Uh, terrible music. Oh, I don't know. The old school fitties. Get rich or die trying. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Old school fitty or even like old G in it. Cool beans, but even the massacre. Anything Ooh, after that? Not, oh, not I, I'm not sure. I I wouldn't quite go as far as that, but I'll let you. I'll let you have it. I'll let you have it. Bring forth to be judged, and this saddens me because I was a fan. Vitor the Phenom Belfort. Oh, why is this? He needs to be condemned for breaking the most predictable fake retirement ever. Oh no! What's he done? Well. Despite being a happily retired man, or so he says, or so he'd like you to believe, he has been calling out pretty much every fighter in the Bellator roster over the age of 40 after Saturday's card. So, Yeah, I mean, he did say he'd fight Wanderlei Silva in a football stadium. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty empty football stadium at this point. It depends on whether it's in Brazil or not. Even in Brazil? Oh, dude, in Brazil, Vitor and Wanderlei could sell out a football stadium. Well, saying football stadium is very vague. Like, what are we talking about? Well, okay, sixty thousand seater. Meh, maybe big stadiums. Yeah. forty thousand. That 
Get out of town. Do, uh, Get out do, of here. Do 20,000 odd people went to watch them fight at Bellator? Do you know what I mean? 60,000 people are not coming to watch Vanderlei not fight Not if Vitor. you put it on in Wembley, but if you put that on in Brazil. No, not even in Brazil. No I way. Th- I think you're wrong. I, I do. I Well, let, uh, again, listeners, let us know. But uh, I, I'm still, I'm down for casting him to the fire eternally. No problem. Like, and by the power invested in us by the MMA gods, I'm prepared him. to do that. I condemn him to the fire indefinitely for that reason. See, for crimes of delusion as well, I want to condemn him. Well, that's it. Well, could condemn, double condemned. I agree. Double condemned. He but is you're, you're defending the, the, the stadium. I, I am because I do believe that those two names in Brazil still mean a lot. Not. I think you could maybe do. I'm trying to think of the number. Thirty at a stretch. I don't know. Like I, I just think that in Brazil, they're, they're, I don't they, even know. And uh, like, they'd sell as many tickets as there was. It would sell out. Really? Yeah. I, I two do. founders of MMA fighting in the homeland. You know, like I just can't see how that wouldn't do absolute gangbusters in brazil that's the key it would have to get anywhere near that it would have to be in brazil i just i just think at this point yeah maybe five years ago double <sighs> retirement fight would do it like uh wwf style losers out uh, contract fight both out to me just that's it's not it's so the opposite of what I want to watch. Oh, I don't want to watch it. I've no, I have no real interest in it myself. But I think that the Brazilians do. Um, and of course, I'm allowed to speak on their behalf because I know every Brazilian personally. Yeah, well, you, you've mentioned that before. That's a fun fact about me. So yes, we we're, we're both in agreement that in agreement is that even a word? I, don't I think so. It's not agreeable. I don't know. Who cares? No, I think it's agreement. Whatever. We both agree. Let's put it that way. That Vitor is condemned to MMA hell. Agreeance is a word that seems to be continually reinvented and recycled. The term first appeared in the 16th century and enjoyed its greatest popularity in the 18th and early to mid-19th centuries. Since then, it has mainly fallen into disuse. However, well, don't say I'm allowing it. Fine, as passed. Don't say you didn't learn anything. No, absolutely not. To Welcome this. to today's educational Jack word Master of the day. MMA. But we should totally do that, an MMA-related word of the day. I love it. Um, I am going to put forward Fabrizio Verdum as a saint because mm. he came out this week and said that uh, he had been asked by USADA to snitch, but he knows that snitches get stitches. Because John Jones is, is still currently festering in the bowels of MMA hell. Yeah, oh, absolutely he is. I can hear his screams faintly. Um yeah, it's just like Austin Powers. It's like <laughs> underneath the table we're recording at, just the flip down doors. <laughs> you shot um, me. You shot right me in right the arm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that Verdum not snitching does set a good precedent for other fighters. However, I'm torn on it because part of me is like, no, fuck him. Like, just everyone should just, anyone that's, that gets caught just gets caught. Fair enough. Not only do I disagree with your proposal... Oh, my goodness. ...of him being a saint... I propose that he also be cast straight to MMA Hell. I assume not for not snitching. No, not for not snitching. For more, for an equal, well, maybe not equally heinous crime. Brown nosing. 
brown nosing the fans. Sucking up to those fans, getting that big old Brazilian nose right in that hoop. Mm. Doing, and doing his silly little grin when he's doing it. Yep. Oh, oh, I see the backlash fans. Love me. I'm not like John Jones. Mm. I am a man of good character. Whoop. Hold on. Aren't you in bed with Katarov, the Chechen dictator? You may know him as the... Has he has a laundry list of human rights violations to his name? But I'm a good guy because I, I won't snitch. Including executing people of various uh, sexual persuasions, shall exactly, we say. Yeah. Um, but but uh, I'm still a good guy because I wouldn't snitch on other performance no, no, wouldn't users, snitch on anyone. Even though I got caught. Yeah, well, you're right. Whenever I didn't really think about that link. So for that reason, I believe that the MMA gods would not be pleased with that kind of behavior. They um, certainly are not. Condemn no. him. He is now condemned. I will allow him into the remit of hell for now. So um, there's. I think you had said that uh, you had one particularly surprising one you wanted to talk about as well. Well, I would like to bring forth the curious case of Sugar Sean O'Malley. Oh my goodness. Right. I read about this. So Sugar Sean has failed a drug test through USADA, but due to USADA's new clever policy where they don't actually release the information about who's been busted for what until the findings have been resolved, basically it means that he 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 currently has very little uh, chance of fighting uh, this weekend. The fact that fights off, but uh, there isn't really a great deal of information purely because of the way he has since released a, an Instagram post. No, uh, I can't remember what it was on. It might have been um, the substance he got popped for. Yeah, which wasn't even. It's barely even a performance enhancer. It was a. Uh, it's the same one. All the tainted supplements are getting done for Australazine or something like it begins with an O. I can't remember. Yeah, well, I mean, are we? What are we going to do with him? Because uh, technically, we're we can't we can't we can't cast him yet until we find out how how deep these ties run with the uh, the illicit drug trade. We can't. Uh, we can't. Well, I would like to propose that Sean spend some time in purgatory. My goodness, right, awaiting well, his fate. If we are putting him into USADA purgatory, that does mean he will still be subjected to piss tests and blood tests every day. Yeah, it's just part of being there. What's well, part of being there? It's you know, if you're in the testing pool for USADA purgatory, they're coming yeah. to your door. Well, you, they're not even coming to your door; they're just coming to the door because they're all in there in the same. He will have to wait patiently as his family and friends and relatives pray for his soul until. <sighs> judgment is upon him down the line and he is not having any of his sugar og kush marijuana in there with him he's sitting in there and contemplating what he's accidentally clearly done yeah in a big gray room we'll put him in a nice suite in purgatory purely because no, no everything in purgatory is 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 beige or gray yeah, but we'll put him in one of the ones that it might have it has a uh there's a, a hint of color on one of the curtains or something because you know, reading the case, it seems pretty legit. So for yeah. that reason, we'll be as cush as we can with him in, in purgatory, but he's going to have to go. He has to go there until we know for sure that he hasn't cheated the system. The MMA gods wouldn't have it any other way. Exactly. They would remove the responsibility from us to cast this. Yeah. Well, that wraps up our, uh, wraps up our Saints and Sinners this week, and uh, I think that means it's time to talk about what, Everyone knows we're going to talk about this week. Oh, what, is there a UFC this weekend? Um, no, no, I'm talking. I'm changing car. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah I think it's so over here. We think an SUV, or? possibly. Yes, yeah. some with five seats. Of course, we're talking about the UFC this weekend. It's possibly the biggest fight ever, bitches. Speaking of which, I know you had a bone to pick with the UFC about the way that they worded that. I do. Uh, I'm constantly having it shoved down my throat. That's, oh, that's what she said. Exactly. That this is the most important fight in UFC history. No, no, no. No, that was on like there's any. This could be the biggest fight, as in from a financial, financial standpoint. standpoint or pay per view standpoint. But using the term important, surely that is reserved for, you know. Bonner, Griffin. Yeah, or, or the very first UFC fights, or maybe even their first stadium fight. This is just a big, just a big fight. Big fight between two big names, but as for actual importance to the sport, yeah. Mm, yeah, I can see your point. Um, what I, will change after this fight? What, you know, like, what is the... Connor's face. Connor's face could change for, for the worse or for the better. I don't know. Could beat him pretty. Could be. Could beat him until he looks good. Like I'm gonna that, beat uh, you until you look good. That'll be a good, uh, a good line here in a press conference. Old school episode of SpongeBob SquarePants where Squidward is beaten handsome. Surprisingly, Mel, I've not watched that. Do you know why? Because I'm a 28 year old man and I have better things to do with my time than watch SpongeBob SquarePants. That's all right. You, you can judge me all you want. I'm not judging you. I judge everybody who uh, who watches SpongeBob as an adult. Really? I'm looking at you right in the eyes right now. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, it's not like The Simpsons or Family Guy or or other... Okay, maybe not Family Guy because that's an, an, an adult show, but it's not like The Simpsons. It's literally a kid's show with fuck all going on between its yeah. ears, and that's why I can't handle it. It's... I get, like, I'm not... I'm not having a go. I'm not ribbing adults for watching cartoons. Like I love Adventure Time and Disenchanted, uh, Disenchanted, and you know, like I, I, I get it. I get watching cartoons as an adult, but SpongeBob SquarePants is a kid's cartoon with nothing going on between its ears. Mm, yeah, and what's to say I didn't watch it as a kid? Well, you should, you'd have been too old to watch that as a proper kid. Not really. <laughs> well, put it this way. Oh, you've made some. Some pretty drastic assumptions about me, right there. Well, no, because you're the same age as me, and I know yeah. for a fact that, like, oh, so SpongeBob wasn't on when we were kids. Um, not when we were like, what, ten? Get the fuck out of here! You know we were. I don't think so. It absolutely was. I'm pretty sure SpongeBob's been going since the late it's 90s. Been, it has been going since 1999. Oh, okay. So you were nine and watching it. Yeah. I was not. I never watched it, even as a kid. So oh, there's well, everything better than me. Absolutely. Based off that, yeah. No way, man. <laughs> Sp- Early SpongeBob was the tits. Well, that's fair enough. Uh, <laughs> I think we have definitely got that. That one came by surprise for me there. Um, I wasn't expecting to talk about SpongeBob SquarePants, although I do have SpongeBob SquarePants pajamas, which ironically after oh, me, get yeah, out exactly. Here. As you I was gonna say, is I've me? just given you grief there for yeah. like not being an adult. It's like I'm gonna go get my SpongeBob SquarePants pajamas on, but to be fair, they were a gift. Oh, okay. so I'm not sure if that counts. Yeah. I'm not sure if that counts. Right. Um, but no, uh, just for that reason, I do not remember this episode. No, so go ahead and, and tell me what no, happened. No, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> want to lower the tone. Obviously, you know, like you have a very highbrow intellectual approach to this. Um, just I, well, I just don't like SpongeBob. <laughs> like, yeah, that's literally all there is to it. I, I think it's really, really dumb. Um, I, but yeah, uh, UFC two two nine is what we're here to talk about. So I suppose, um, <laughs> I suppose you're getting half on now. <laughs> I suppose fine. We'll talk about some UFC, and if you don't want to yeah. talk about SpongeBob, it's fine. Yeah. Um, there's a great card. The whole card is absolutely stacked. Um, 
Pettis and Formiga is a fight Oof. that I think should really have made it onto the main card. Over what? OSP? Oh. Mm, yes, OSP Reyes or Watterson and Herrig. The only reason Watterson and Herrig, I feel, made it onto the main card is because they had to put one of the women's fights in the main card. Hmm. It's a good I, fight, I have but no it's real not. qualms with the, with the placement in this card for for any of the fights. Really, um, I'm surprised that both Pettis brothers are fighting on the same card again because I thought they went through a whole big thing saying that that wasn't going to happen again. Well, I mean, you've you've an eighth and ninth, um, you've an eighth and ninth ranked, you know, strawweight, and that's what's now on the main card and. You know, you trying to tell me that Pettis and Formiga isn't a more important fight for the division than Watterson and Herrig? Mm. And that's that's what stinks about that fight to me. It's the fact that it's quite clear that they're only there because they need to, like, you know, publicity. They need to make sure that they're representing w, uh, WMMA. And I get that. I totally get that. And and I am absolutely 100% positive that, that uh, female MMA deserves every bit as much placement on a card. But it has to be relative. So, for instance, if you have the un- what I would say is inarguably the contender fight for a division, that takes precedent over an eighth and ninth female fight. I'm sorry, it just does. That's just how it works. It's mm. nothing to do. You, you know what I mean? It's like that is a, that is a much much better fight, and it's a much more important fight, and it's the importance of the fight that bugs me. It's the fact that that Pettis and for me, and then the UFC will be like, oh, well, we would put small guys in the pay-per-view, but they don't sell anything. You go, maybe because you don't let give them a chance to actually get onto the main card. How about that, UFC? How about you give both Formiga, who's incredible, and Pettis, who has been on an absolute tear, how about you give both those guys a shot to showcase what they got on the main card instead of constantly keeping them on the prelims? Well, I can argue that there's possibly a bigger audience that's going to see them on Fox. Uh, I reckon that there's probably a bigger audience uh, going to look at uh, Michelle Watterson's butt. That's pretty much what this is about. It's literally like... It's the karate hottie What's makes it to the main card fighting an eighth and ninth position swap. Hmm. And Pettis and Formiga are demoted to the prelims. I... I, I yeah, I think you're flogging a dead horse. I don't think it matters too much. I, I it bugs me. It bugs me. The fights should get get the the doesn't the, work that way, or else no one would watch fight pass of the prelims because why would you give a shit? You no one to, does. To, it's balance, only the hardcore fans to, that do. You have to balance it out slightly. No, like some of the Fox Sports prelims cards get decent numbers. Like you need to have something on it because that's it's your last chance to sell the main card. Like. If you put a bunch of shit on that. Oh, but Watterson Herrig isn't a shit fight. It's just not a main card of this caliber. I, I, I have no qualms with it being there. Two top 10 fighters in their division fighting on it. Don't care. Sergio Pettis and Formiga will headline the prelim card. So. Just doesn't bother me. Well, I, I it bothered me, um, as you can <laughs> tell. Um, the Pettis-Formiga fight, I think that Pettis has been on an absolute tear, but Formiga is just that edge, more well-rounded. I feel Formiga takes that fight. Uh, I am going to go with Sergio Pettis. I think, like you said, he's he's on, you know, a, a bit of... Uh, 
I could talk. He's on a good run. Um, although it's only a one fight win streak at the minute, but went the distance with with the champ Henry Cejudo, and before that, you know, four or five on the bounce. I think he's constantly getting better. I think he's been in with the best the division has to offer. I think he'll have too much, be a bit too dynamic for Formiga. Fair enough. Um, again, of course, if you want to get in touch and let us know what you guys are thinking, who you guys think will win, please do get in touch with us. You can follow us on Twitter at Jack and Mel- No, it's just sorry, just at SuperRadMMA. And um, our website is coming soon. We have big, big news regarding that that we will. Of course, keep you informed with. Uh, if you follow us at Paluka Media on Instagram, and you can again follow us on YouTube at Paluka Media. Uh, on to the main card: the first fight, Watterson and Herrig. Um, I've kind of ironically given you my thoughts on on how I feel about the fight. Um, it's yeah, I mean, solid fight for Watterson, I guess, and for Herrig. It's going to be a tough fight. Um, I think it's a pick'em. I think it's a pick'em. I'm going to go for Watterson just because I think that she's one of the more She's probably the most well-rounded or close to the most well-rounded in that division, as in just an overall set of skills as opposed to, you know, mm. like one one highlighted thing. I mean, Ioana, obviously, world-class striker. Andrade, you know, her, her grappling is her bread and butter. Cadelia, she's pretty well-rounded. Suarez is, you know, leans one way. Uh, Kovalkiewicz is heavy striker, you know. So I, I like that Watterson is, you know, she is just as good at everything maybe she does have an edge in the karate you know karate background but i just i've really really liked her evolution if you will uh, over the last yeah couple of years i think these guys are about as evenly matched as they come and both are exactly where they should be in the rankings it's hard to imagine either being much further ahead than where they currently are um I don't know. I I give Herrig an advantage in the wrestling game. So I don't know. It depends. This one will come down to game planning and executing game planning. Um, I think Watterson comes from a traditionally good camp for Mm -hmm. for figuring out a game plan and sticking to it. Yep. Um, I don't know. I'm having a real hard time picking this. My gut's telling me Herrig's going to beat her. You you think Herrig's gonna beat Watterson? Yeah, I think she'll. I think on the feet they're pretty evenly matched. Maybe a slight edge to Watterson, but I think Herrig's wrestling, being able to dictate where it's gonna go. Um, I think she's probably the physically stronger woman as well. Probably, yeah. You know, and I think their submission games neutralize each other. So I think we're probably looking at fairly even striking exchanges. Maybe you know Herrig. Stealing rounds, stealing rounds by you know getting a takedown late in the round or something, something like that. So I could see Herrig by decision, but it, it could be a close one. I wouldn't be shocked to see a split or a majority or something like that. I think these yeah. they're about as evenly matched women as you can get. Fair. Um, I I'm gonna call Watterson. Um, just because I think she's slightly better, well rounded. But um, I mean it's it's gonna be a crazy crazy fight. Um, Lewis Volkov, heavyweight division, it's a good fight for both. Uh. I just fail to see a path to victory for Lewis, other than, I mean, of course, having, you know, an outrageously heavy set of hands. Volkov, ironically, the opposite of what we were just talking, or not the opposite, the same as what we were just talking about there. I think Volkov's just a bit too well-rounded for him. I think Volkov is a more polished striker who also, you know, also hits hard because he's just a gigantic human being. Um, Should use his range to keep Lewis on the end of his jab. 
a nasty one too. I could see Lewis trying to close the distance and getting caught. Do you think that that Lewis will... But Lewis could use the, his physical strength advantage to push him up against the cage. Bully, bully him, him a bit. Get, get, get the inside tired. The dirty box a bit. I don't know. I think Volkov's looked very good recently. He has. He absolutely has. And to be fair, you know... <laughs> It's actually a really, really, really good fight. When you, when, the more I'm looking at it here, um, I'm just trying to bring up the the heavyweight division. Volkov five, Lewis two. You know, I mean, if they swap, oh yeah, you know, like I that, just think Lewis needs to come forward and he needs to do something after possibly the world's worst fight against Francis Ngannou. Uh, I nearly forgot that fight happened. It oh, was that, so bad. How could you ever forget that? Because it's just like I wanted. It was you know like. It's like PTSD. I just wanted to like black it out from my memory. Post traumatic shit fight disorder. Yeah, it was absolutely horrendous, and and this is a big, a big one for for Lewis uh, to see. You know, not only how you can rebound from it, but, but it's a big fight because you it's know, all to say he's having a rebound from a victory over at the time the number one ranked heavyweight. I know, but it was That's just that crazy. bad. That bad that the the way the manner of the win. Hurt him more than if he Absolutely had a loss. Absolutely, it did. Absolutely, it did. He'd be better just getting sparked out by Nganu and then, you know, this fight all but of a sudden. If, if he gets past Volkov in, you know, even a semi impressive fashion, it'll just be people will forget and we'll just look at, oh, well, his last three fights have been finished Tybura, beat Nganu, beat Volkov, mm-hmm. you know, and then you're you're right in there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Reyes and Simpru, that is. An interesting fight. Uh, I, I can't. I can't see OSP coming out of this fight badly. I think OSP takes this fight. Yeah, Rez is you know a prospect. Um, Nine and O. OSP isn't. It's funny. Like there is this old thing that would like. I don't know about you, but like people seem to keep thinking like OSP is a prospect. The guy's thirty five. Yeah, he's, his career's coming towards. The yeah, like he's you know he's been as good as he's ever going to be. I think, but he is bloody good. He is good. I just think he loses to the elite. No, is Reyes the elite? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Um, I'm calling Ovin Simpru, and I'm going to call it by a big dirty greasy submission. I was just about to say the same thing. I think this will look probably very similar to the his last fight, OSP versus Tyson Pedro. Tyson Pedro, another similar up and coming prospect just, who just tied him and not. Who just yeah, just ran into a guy super experienced yeah. at this point. Yeah, I, I well, I mean, I'm glad we're in agreement with that one. Um, the co-main. This is where things start to get really, really, really interesting. Mm. Um, Tony Ferguson coming back off that horrendous knee injury. Um, still after watching UFC embedded. Training still like a retard. Training like an idiot. And also, more importantly, still wearing sunglasses inside. Are you fucking joking me? What great. a douchebag. I hope he gets his face smashed. He is a great fighter, but he is pretty insufferable. Possibly the most pro- insufferable personality in the UFC. Yeah. Apart from maybe Josh Kostek. Well, and the annoying thing. Well, he's not there anymore. Exactly. But the annoying thing is that like he buys into that. And then thinks it's because... He's using a Wing Chun dummy. Yeah, but he thinks that he's on a higher level than everybody else. And if we are all hating on him, it's because... Because we, we don't get we him. We don't get him. Yeah, we don't get you because you're an idiot. Um, great fighter. Bit of a twat. Is he a great fighter? Or he is he is just a, a very good fighter? As much as I don't want to admit that he is a great fighter, he is a great fighter. He is dangerous 
everywhere. Yeah. Uh, it's true. Um, and his, his win streak is poss- one of the most impressive in UFC history. Well, that's bold. It is bold, but if you look at the guys he's put away, hasn't lost since... 2012. 2012. Which was know. the Michael Johnson. Yeah. You know, from that, right, fair enough, a couple of bounce backs, but then you go on Danny Castillo, Abel Trujillo, Gleason Tebow, Josh Thompson, Edson Barboza, fair enough, Lando Venado was a late notice fight, Rafael DeSantis and Kevin Lee, and most of those have been finishes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I... I, I just I, I don't think we can argue with... How good he is. Well, yeah, with what he's got down on paper. Um, uh, Anthony Pettis looked absolutely great. He looked phenomenal. Against uh, Michael Chiesa. We will see if this is the turning point, if he's back. We said at the time it looked like he was back. We, mm-hmm. He looked like a contender again. That was at the start of the summer. Before that, lost to Dustin Poirier. No shame in that, Dustin Poirier. Nope, he's top. great, yeah. Um, and he farted about weight divisions a bit before that bad run so i'm now hesitant to say oh he's back if he beats tony ferguson hell yeah he's back he's you know he's right in the mix Mm, it's hard to say i have a feeling that he could do it but i just think it depends how much the the knee injury is taken out of tony ferguson now he's he's telling he's telling you nothing and he's better than ever and but he could be that's the thing he absolutely could be but if he's lost a step and Pettis is on the on the rebound back up, you know, this all of a sudden becomes could be, yeah, could a be really interesting crossing fight. pass at the wrong time. Can't really pick against Tony as much as I want to. For the meantime, I do, however, think Pettis has more of a chance than, than people are saying. Than, yeah, than people are. Down. I, but would I can agree. see Tony putting the pressure on him. I don't think Pettis likes the pressure. He doesn't. It it, it completely shuts his, his his kicking game down, which he relies maybe arguably a bit too heavily on. Like yeah. he, you know, his his kicking is his range finder. It's almost like his job, and yeah. and you remove that from him, and you do limit. I don't think this will go to the ground because both guys are super slick on the ground. But here's the thing: Pettis is slicker on the ground. Oh, I no, don't hear me know out. If... Slicker. But Ferguson is more unconventional on the ground, and that's that. Not only that hyper flexibility and weird movement, but you know it's the t- that sort of tenth planet style, just unconventional shit. Um, I just i I don't think I can give I can maybe give Pettis a slight edge in striking as I could give Ferguson a slight edge in grappling. But we're talking minute, yeah, you know, like not him. enough to say oh, you know, he's clear. That's where he wants to take it because that's where he's got him. Um, I think this will this will come. Tony down to, gets hit. He does. But that's, that's what's interesting. That's what's him. giving me hope with Pettis. I think this will come down to two it, things: conditioning and heart. And Tony, you'd imagine, will have both of those over both. Pettis. But that's it. That's what I mean. It's up to Pettis to dig deep and show that you know if he wants to get it's back to the top, top. he's going to have to go through these guys because. If it's not Tony Ferguson, you've got your two guys in the main event. You've got Nate. You've got Dustin. Who you know? There was something about Pettis' performance that did make me believe that he does have that again. Though there was yeah. something, something felt different, and I can't quantify it past that. So it probably sounds like happy mumbo jumbo. But I, 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 I would agree with you. I think that a lot of people are writing Pettis off, and and to me, writing writing him off ever has been tough. Like you know, he's well, like, he, had, he had a. He had a bad, bad run, bad yeah. Bad few years. Um, but, I mean, getting Tony Ferguson, like, the guy's in the top three in the division, it's it's a big step up from fighting Michael Chiesa. 
But, it is. But it's a golden opportunity. 100%. You get Tony coming back from injury. He's been off for a while. Big name. Right at the top of the division. Was the interim champ. You get a win there. You're in that... You're, you're in there, the, there, the McGregor money mix. Well, like... The last, the, the last thing we'll do then is we'll, we'll make an official call for this. Um, I'm going to go for... Uh, because I have to pick, I'm going to go for Tony. And I'm going to go for Tony by submission. I think he clips him with something, wobbles him, and then catches him in, you know, maybe a guillotine or a dart or something. Yeah. But... I do. I, it does pay me to say that because I, th- I think the Pettis is in with a really good shot here. I'm nearly identical thinking to yourself here, but I could see Ferguson hurting Pettis to the body. Yeah, and then just grabbing a neck or an arm I, or something. He could finish him with a TKO. He could crumble and he could, he could put the pressure on the strikes or he could... You think the big gnarly knee to the body or... Uh, I'm thinking uh, a hook. I'm, I'm picturing a, a big left hook to the ribs against the cage. Mm, just putting the pressure and so, on him and, and just Pettis sort of wilting but yeah like you said I also think Pettis has, has a great shot in this fight I'm but sort of 70-30 60-40 yeah I'm nearly 80-20 Tony mm. Mm. I'm giving Pettis a good shot in this I really am but uh, I would like to see him win but I just think Tony has he has everything and should be able to deal with anything but the absolute best Anthony Pettis you've ever seen well that, I think, will bring us on to the fight that we were actually here to talk about, which is, of course... Lena Landsberg versus Yana Kutsukaya. Um, no, I was going to talk about Gabby Garcia against that uh, the granny in, in Japan. Um, Mr. Conor McGregor and one Sir Khabib Nurmagomedov. Um, to those who didn't see it, we put our video thoughts out on the shit show of a press conference, which you can find on YouTube. Uh, there is another press conference later this week there is and we will I'm sure have some form of video in regards to that as well so keep your eyes peeled it's why it's so important to press subscribe Mel it is it's so important um, you don't want to miss any of this of course look we have talked about this on YouTube on last week's podcast briefly like we I think we're both very very strongly in the Habib camp on this um, what percentage are you at for Habib Connor now what's your split at the minute still about 70 30 maybe 65 35 I'm verging more down that way these days at the minute as well Um, the more I've been watching footage the more I I see I do see merit in the argument of of Khabib does get hit occasionally his head movement isn't the best although his footwork's good um his striking is rudimentary, but effective. Yes. So here's That's the thing. That's all he needs it to be. He is going to get hit. The question mm. is, can he grab a hold once he's been hit, and can he maintain a hold? I think the way this plays out is we see around, or I think this looks very like the Barbosa fight, to be honest. Yeah. I think that it looks very like it, and I think that we're going to... Once Khabib feels that left hand... The thing that scares me about this is, we could, could you imagine a situation a bit like the Barbosa when he threw the wheel kick? Could you imagine that? Like, what, what if what if he eats it? Yeah. What what if Connor throws the left, catches him, and Habib just goes and just walks shrugs it, it off, just walks through it? If that happens, Connor is in for the longest night of his life. I think that a lot depends on if Connor can make him freeze up in front of him. If he gives him enough to worry about that, he. You know, erratic movement keeps him guessing. 
you know, freezing up so he's not fluid going in for the takedown, not just walking him down. Then Habib can get stuck in that horrible mid range, which you don't really want to be with Connor. Yeah. Um, however, if Khabib gets inside, it's it's. I know Connor is a good grappler. We know this. He's Brazilian mm-hmm. Jiu-Jitsu brown belt under John Kavanaugh. We have seen flashes of it in his fights, although mainly stays on the feet. But Habib does this to superior grapplers. You know, dominant superior grapplers, dominant superior wrestlers. I just don't think in the same way that Connor could give a boxer a go in Floyd Mayweather, mm-hmm. but could never close the gap. I think there's a similar aspect with the grappling between Connor and Habib. Yeah. Yes, he is a good grappler, but Habib is the elite of the elite yep. when it comes to grappling. Now there is also a, a big disparity in striking, obviously yes. in Connor's favor. And he's faster and more dynamic. He is Habib, faster and more, more explosive. Yeah. But like you were saying about the Barbosa fight, Habib has faced these guys with all these intangibles before in some variety and has dealt with them. Yep. So, but, I mean, who are we to keep doubting Conor McGregor? Well, this is the thing, is that, right, I will pose one question to you because every time we've talked about it, you were always very quick to Khabib, 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 right? Mm. Here's the question. If Conor does do this... Would you would you ever doubt him again, going into a fight? Do you know what I mean? Because like, yes, you, yes, I know. Like, I don't think any fighters ever above being questioned. No, of course not. But what I mean is, would you? You know, because your instinct, I think, and and I'm in the same boat here. It has been to throw Connor's chances metaphorically under the ironically boss, um, but. I think that I could like this is the thing I said like I I was quite late to the party with with McGregor like as in not not knowing who he was but as in before I started to be like okay yeah yeah no he is good um you know and then oh okay he is for real and the Nate Diaz fight is a spanner in the works that makes that makes the rest of the story fall apart without that I think that you, you his resume looks far more impressive without that yeah. as we've discussed at length before that yep. Whereas both of us rate Diaz as a fighter, he is certainly not elite. No, he's a solid journeyman fighter who will give it I think anyone. I think, I think he's better than journeyman. I just... At this if, stage? If, if say, all the fighters were, list, uh, you know, like in a top... Everyone was categorized into a top 10 over there, you know, like their whole career. Diaz, to me, is a 8 or a 9 you know, in the in a top ten, he's never in the top three of the division. He's yep. never in the top five, but he's always in around ten. You know, so he is good. Oh yeah, but he's not. Oh, you know, he's not a champion. He's you know, on a run could be a challenger. Yeah, he has challenged before yep. and got handled. Yeah, um, we've seen him be beat convincingly. I think that's what hurts. I think we've we've seen him be beat convincingly by lesser fighters who don't have the the mystique or the or the fame devil's or, advocate or notoriety though. devil's Connor. advocate though anyone can get clipped and rocked and then get your neck taken and that's the this is this is not oh me. no no, no abso- absolutely but the, that's that's my thing and like yes anybody can do that but nate has lost what, 11 or 12 times mm-hmm. you know i can you know if you're if you're top if you're elite if you're gsp if you're dominant Cruz, if you're john jones if you're dc you know, they, they don't lose 10 plus times. They lose 
two, three, mm-hmm. one, zero. But that's like Connor. Oh yeah. Oh no, absolutely. I, I like. I am not doubting Connor. Whether you like him, love him, based off not just what his his resume is, but what he's like his financial presence in the sport and bringing eyes to the sport is is a hall of famer. Yeah, yeah. You know, is, is is one of the greatest ever. He need. I think to further cement that, he would need to. If he gets, say, he gets an absolute beating from Habib, then that starts. To, you know, for his, his resume starts to come into question a bit more. Yeah. Um, if he beats Habib, you, you can't really argue. There's very few fights. I think if he beats Habib, then you're looking at like probably fighting GSP. No, it would have to be, or, you know, or something to absolutely cement the, you know, abs- the, the legacy as one of the best ever. Um, so, no, like you can't, you can question him and you can try and analyze the fight. Like I'm, I think that's what we're trying to do with this fight is we're trying to analyze based off quantifiable evidence. Mm-hmm. And the conclusion we've come to is that probably Habib is favored or should be favored. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not in no way writing Connor off. No. And that's actually something that's really interesting. And please do let us know uh, what you think. Um, one of the things I've noticed is that there tends to be people on, 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 on extremes at either side. Well, 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 that's the thing. It's because characters like Connor push you to extreme emotive emotions responses yeah. so you either go fuck that guy i hate him he's a dick i hope he loses and that blinds people to the, the skill bl- level yeah yeah and then there's the other way where like ah oh, he's hilarious i love everything he does he's the best fighter ever and it chooses you to be blind that okay maybe skill wise he's not no everything everywhere yeah because they can't look objectively up yeah there. yeah I mean, I, I completely agree with what you said. And we've, I mean, we've been discussing this, uh, you know, as, as friends and as colleagues for, for weeks now. And, and I think that we've both been pretty unwavering in the fact that we heavily favor Khabib. Yeah. Um, and we are now here on record saying it again. Um, I think that Habib, Habib has something for Connor that he's never experienced before, and it's not, it's not just the the grappling acumen. It's it's the that moment between Habib and Barbosa where he ate the wheel kick and just went, "Now what, bitch?" You know. I think I think Connor has. Uh, it's been discussed before by many people, but this people say it's a cardio issue. I don't know if it's a cardio issue because he obviously trains hard. I think it's just a genetic. He's a more explosive athlete. But I think if he doesn't get rid of Habib early, he's going to get taken into the deep waters. You saw it in the in the Diaz fights where Diaz was continuing to push the pace and Connor mm-hmm. has to nearly take a round off. Yeah, reset a bit. To reset and come back. Habib isn't going to let you take a round off. So I can see some scary moments for Habib in, in, in the start. But I, if this gets to the, the fourth round, like... Connor will be blowing up and Habib will be walking him down. I think he's going to... I think if I was making a prediction for the actual outcome, I think Habib's going to Kimura him in the fourth. I would go... Do you know what's funny? Kimura's an interesting one because I actually thought... I watched Habib doing an arm lock to Michael Johnson. Mm. It was Americana, was it? can't remember exactly. Was he Americana or Key Locker? Um, and I thought... Oh, that's a position that, that could be gnarly. Um, I was going to be less specific with mine, and I could see a submission similar to the Diaz, uh, the Diaz one fight where you know Khabib's doing damage on the ground, and Connor just has but to give his back or whatever. There's also this this notion that like 
Habib can't hurt Conor standing, and he absolutely can. Yeah, the well, same way that that Conor could pull a, a submission off on the ground, you he, know. Yeah, well, he could do, it, but the, the difference is that. I just can't really think of very many times that Habib has done that on the no, feet. No, no, I, 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 I but get, you're right. He I could. get that. Nate Diaz rocked Connor, and Nate Diaz is not known for being a big puncher. See, do you think the, he did rock him, or do you? Yeah, think, no, yeah. I think I think he did. I think twice. Um, in the second fight, less so from just no, no, in the first fight, um, less from uh, you know explosive just power, accumulation of just damage. When you're blowing out your hole, yeah. And your mouth's yeah. open, and someone cracks you. It's going to affect you more. Yeah, and that's why I think that like I would not be well to say. Oh, I wouldn't be shocked at the time. Obviously, we'll be shocked, but it shouldn't be shocking that say if Connor got tired in the, the third or fourth, and Habib's coming on strong or isn't tiring himself, he just lands and, a couple and just of lands something. And... He can just land a hook. You know, like he's you know big strong boy. It's true. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Absolutely. Um, that is all we have time for this week. Um, that is the newest edition of the Jack and Mel Super Ad MMA Show. We really appreciate you taking the time to check us out. We are now, Mel, can you believe it, officially available on iTunes. About damn time. About damn time indeed. Episode number two, and we made it, baby. Um, thanks again for joining us. If you have any questions or any topics that you want to see us tackle, be sure to get in touch with us. You can get in touch with us, as we said, on Facebook by following at Super Ad MMA. Uh, Twitter, same. Uh, Instagram, we have Paluka Media, who are the ones who, of course, are responsible for this wonderful production. So thank you kindly, and we'll see you next week. Peace.